Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Hi, everybody. Well, it's great to be with you. Really looking forward to today and looking forward to actually seeing you on location, in person, uh, across our churches in the upcoming period. I know those plans are in place and it's going to be great. Today, let's get into it. So let me pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the gathering of your people, Lord. We thank you for every person gathered in each church location and linking in online. And I just pray you'd take these words and that you would stir and rally and convict and challenge and call, Lord, people today to the things that matter to you as it relates to people on earth and the church that you're building. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, let's get into it. I want to talk to you today about being a church that acts like family and feels like home. That's how we've themed the year. Uh, This is a real focus for us uh, across all of our churches for this year. I mean, it's it's not a new thought for us. This is core to who we are. It's core to how we organize. It's important for all that we do, a church that acts like family and feels like home. But in 2023, we've determined to have a renewed focus on this and to build a church where acts like family and feels like home grows even stronger and richer and runs even deeper and wider across our church. And so why? Um, why? Because family matters to God. Family is a, it's the theme. It's one of the themes of Scripture. It's so central to Scripture that it's everywhere, especially in the New Testament. It's, it's so strong in the heart of God. And, and for us, it's so vital to a thriving church. When you look across history, when you look across even our nation, and you'll find churches that are thriving, vital to that will always be this community of faith that, you know, we call it acts like family and feels like home, but a community of faith that are loving each other and living in harmony, et cetera, et cetera. And so for some of you, um, this is who you are, and this is how you've lived. And, you know, we just want to say right at the start, you know, well done. You've always given God a church he can trust and, and been a person he can trust people to. And we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for your partnership in uh, building this kind of church, a church that acts like family and feels like home. But may these words of Scripture also stir you today. Listen to it. It says, now about brotherly love, you do not need anyone to write to you because you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. And you are indeed showing this love to all the brothers and sisters throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, listen to what Paul says, but we urge you, brothers and sisters, to excel more and more. I mean, I love what Paul says here. He says, hey, you love so well. You're brilliant at this. You reflect Christ in this. So well that it doesn't even need mentioning. But of course, Paul does mention it. And then he says, and this is a thing for you who do it so well. We urge you to excel in this more and more. And so for those of you who live this so well, my encouragement to you today is may you, may we be the kind of people that in terms of love and devoted to one another, that we would excel at this more and more. The risk is for someone who's excelled at this at a point in their life is to go, you know, my my work's kind of done or I've done my bit or it's time for me to temper it and someone else to step forward. But the Bible never says that. There's not a time when Paul says to the community of faith, 
chill. It's somebody else's turn now. Now he writes and says, well done. You're great at living this faith. You love people. You care for people. Hey, and I want to say this to you. As good as you are, and you're a lot like Jesus in this, I want you to excel. I want you to love and care more and more in Jesus' name. And so for you, may you continue to be compelled by the Holy Spirit to be a builder of the local church in a way that acts like family and feels like home. Now, for some of you, for some of you, it's not like that at all. Um, you've never really gone there. And, and I'm sure if I was in person and we were chatting after the service today, you could, you could give me the reasons why. And, but, but here's what I know. Knowing all of those reasons already, the God of the universe, the Holy Spirit, would compel you to be the kind of person that would live in Christian community. Despite any reason that you might have that he would compel you and he'd want you today to hear the whisper of the Spirit in this and respond to the words of Scripture today and that you might be a person who would be and build a church that acts like family and feels like home. And then for, for some of you, this is new to you. You've never heard of the idea. For you that you thought church was going to a church service and that was, that was kind of it. It was about religious you know, ritual and, and that's it. But, but, of course, may you live your faith in light of Scripture uh, and what you're hearing today and may you, from the early part of establishing your faith, determine like I did when I was young, new to the faith, going, well, the Bible says it, so I'm going to live in biblical community. I'm going to love deeply and I'm going to care and I'm going to gather and we're going to eat food together, we're going to pray together, all that kind of thing, and that, that you would commit to being that kind of Christian from an early beginning in your life and may it grow and grow and cause others to as well. From today, may you determine that you would be and that you would build a church that acts like family and feels like home. And, and I want you to imagine that. Imagine, actually, the incredible place that is when this is going on at the core, where this is rich and it's strong and it's running deep and wide through a church. What an incredible people and place to be part of. And so listen to this, because there was a church, the early church, who lived this way and churches have from that time to this Acts 2, verses 42 to 47 say the following. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions. They gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's this incredible picture of the early church and this, this powerful blueprint for the church across the ages. And, you know, I can remember, Brian and I, when we first started, we had this dream in our heart of a church like this. And, and we as leaders and people who've joined as time has gone on have relentlessly pursued this idea across the years. For us as a church, this continues to be the dream that we would pursue, that, that, that we'd be a church that is so full of the Holy Spirit and so alive with the message of Jesus, that we'd be, you know, like they were then, so driven to go and make disciples, so committed to gathering in prayer and so, ple so deeply devoted to each other as a people and family of God. 
And I think God wants to build that church. He always wants to build that kind of church. And so today, vital to that expression of church is a people in place that act like family and feel like, and, it, and that feels like home. So let me give you some reasons. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? As we All the things we could cover here today. Let me give you five reasons why it matters um, as we get started. It's, number one, it's our personal conviction as a church. Um, from Scripture and, you know, compelled by the Holy Spirit, this is the kind of church we want to be and build, one that acts like family and feels like home. Uh, number two, why does it matter? Number two is God desires a people in place living in Christ-like community. Like this is his desire, which is way more than ours, right? It's, it's his. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 say this, love must be sincere. I wonder what that looks like. I wonder if you can think about what insincere looks like and what sincere love might look like. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what uh, is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. I like this. Love must be sincere is the first thought. And then be devoted to one another in love is the second thought. And then honor one another above yourselves is, is the, the third thought. And so we see here. This idea of a church that acts like family and feels like home. Be devoted to one another. Is there anything you're devoted to? Um, I went fishing once in, I don't know when, it's so long ago, and uh, I'm not devoted to fishing. But before today's oval, I'll have gone into the gym. So I'm devoted to the gym. I'm not devoted to fishing. And, and, and for you, there are things that you are deeply devoted to and there are things that you have a passing interest in. And, and God says, hey, when it comes to the community of faith, that it's not to be a passing interest in, it's to be a devoted to thing. And he, and he calls us all and compels us all, be devoted to one another. And there's a hint in the verse that follows um, uh, the, the, that follows, that uh, helps us flourish in our lives. In fact, I would say that the next verse gives a great hint to whether uh, this is something that will, you know, just sort of not work in our life or really flourish. Here it is. It says, be devoted, and all of the rest of it says, do not let your zeal subside. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And I think that's key to the living devoted and in love. You know, it's saying, hey, listen. Uh, as it comes to the fire in you and serving Jesus, live with a fire on the inside. Live stirred. And, and, and the emphasis is on me. Darren, don't let your zeal be, don't let it subside. The emphasis is on me. Darren, stir up the zeal for Jesus within you. And I think there in verse 11, keep your spiritual fire as you serve the Lord. I think there is a key that will overflow into how we do relationship and community and acts like family is having a zeal on the inside. I find when the zeal within is strong, that family and community is a natural overflow. And when it subsides, I just want to retreat and do my thing and live you know, more absorbed in me and all that kind of thing. But this is, this is who we are called to be, people who love one another, who are deeply devoted to one another. Um, 1 Peter one twenty two says, Now that you have purified yourselves, by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Same thing. We see it here. Obey the truth. Um, have sincere love. Love each other, it says. Um, love each other deeply and love each other from the heart. 
Uh, does that describe you? For many of you, I know it does. That, that describes you beautifully. You love the brotherhood of believers. You love from the heart and you love deeply. Does that describe you today? I think God wants to move us all forward as it relates to this thing. That's number two. Number three, uh, your community needs a people in place compelling to outsiders. The community in which you live needs a church of people and church that are compelling towards outsiders. And Jesus said this, John 13, 34 and 35, a new command I give you, I guess you can get it, you can get it, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, by this, by love, not by miracles, not by any other thing, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Isn't that true? Like, think about that. If people look on and see a divided, disgruntled, selfish kind of church, what do they look on? I, I tell you what, I've heard people say it. You know, why would I go to church? You guys are no different to me. But what Jesus, I think he's saying is, hey, if people look on and see this, the signature thing, that you love one another deeply from the heart in a devoted way, if they see that your love for each other is sincere, if they see that, they're going to be compelled by that love one another. By this, they will know that you're a mine and that will provide ways for him to draw people to himself. So does that describe you? Is that the kind of Christian you aim to be? I hope so. Is that the kind of church we are and are looking to build? I hope so. That's number three. Number four, our times need a people in place God can trust to draw to. God is always looking for people that he can draw people to, for churches that he can draw people to. Acts 2.47, that passage we read about the early church, it finishes with this statement. Um, it says, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Think about that. There, there was such a vibrant group of believers, you know, sitting under the apostles' teaching, praying together, eating food, hanging out, going to the temple, gathering in homes, looking after one another's needs, preaching the gospel. There were signs and wonders. And, and he says, in that kind of environment that God added to their number daily, those who were being saved. And, and so I always wonder, could, could God trust more people to our church, where you are, could could God be? Could God trust you if He drew more people to your church? Could He trust those people to you? And when a church acts like family and feels like home, I think we start to be able to answer yes. When that gets richer, and when that grows stronger, and when that runs deeper and wider, and when more and more people step into being part of that. More important than that question, I think, is for you. Could God? trust you in a way that he could draw a new person to your church? Would that person get invited to coffee? Would they get looked after after church? Would they potentially get discipled or prayed for? Could God trust you if he were to draw a new person to himself in your church? And as we answer yes to that, something supernatural, something mighty, and something absolutely powerful can go on. Could God trust you? Listen to this, Exodus chapter 23, verses 28 to 30. He says he's going to, you know, drive out the Hittites and et cetera. And, 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 and he talks about this promise he's going to give God's people. And he says, but I will drive them out little by little before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. God will do his work 
little by little or at the speed we are ready according to our ability to handle it. And I think for us as a church, our ability to be trusted by God with more people, whether you're in Port or Armidale or Gaira or Bendemeer or Ganada or Tamworth, one of the keys for us to be able to be trusted by God, for him to draw more and more people is that he knows he can look at you and go, yes, I can trust to draw people to that person and to that place. And when we do, when we are those, something Powerful can go on. It's what God builds on. God is up to something and it's what he wants to build on. Number five, God searches for people and places he can abundantly favor. And uh, they're kind of linked thoughts together. But that's our conviction. And I believe he would convict you and compel you today uh, that if you feel him stirring you, know that's for a good reason and that you should say yes. Don't let the moment get away from you. Respond to him and say yes in Jesus' name. So they're the reasons why this matters so much. Let me give you in the moments we got five ways to be and build a church that acts like family and feels like home. Five ways, and and these I've called them, these are five ways for time-poor people to prioritize who would prioritize what God values. If you're time-poor, this will work for you. And so here they are, number one. Number one is simple. Be a prime time person. Now, if you've been around the chapel for a while, you know about this. If this is new to you, here's how it works. We talk about prime time people being people who in the 15 minutes before church service and after church service on Sunday make it all about new people and all about people new to them because sometimes you're not sure. Just make it about people that are clearly new people and new to you and make them feel at home. And, you know, I've seen the power of this over time. People feel comfortable, they get connected, and then their life moves forward from there and their faith can grow and all of that kind of thing. And we know this is real, right? We've all been to somewhere where they're the, where the new person. We've all started a school or a job or gone to a party or, or an occasion where you're the person who doesn't know anybody. And how awkward is that? And how thankful are you? When someone makes the effort to bring you in, well, that's that's what prime time people are all about. We're we're saying to God, God, you can trust people to us, and we're going to walk across the room. We're going to leave our little circle of comfort, and we're going to bring you in, and all of that kind of thing. We're going to help people feel at home from the moment they walk in our doors. I mean, let's help people feel at home. That's what a family does for extended family. That's number one. Number two is only hour after the service. I don't know if you've noticed that uh, our church services are pretty, pretty, pretty short uh, comparatively. 70-minute church services, and that's for a reason. The reason is we decided many years ago that we thought the hour after church is the importance of is, is as important as the hour of the church service. And so we shrunk our church services to go, we think this is vital. But we also think this is powerful too. And so we just encourage you, you know, if we're going to build a church that acts like family and feels like home, let's value the hour after service. That first 15 minutes, be a prime time person. You can do that. I think God will help you with that. But then the next 45 minutes, well, go hang with your best friend or whatever it is you want to do. And let's just hang out and do community and well, this, this, this winter uh, is a great time to hang at church and not go out in the cold. So hang around. Uh, this is so ingrained for, for some of us, and I hope will be ingrained in you. But my daughter, Katie, who's an introvert by nature, she's often at church at 7.15 in the morning, does the 
to Tamworth services. And but you know, at twelve ten, that's an hour after our second service. It wraps at eleven ten. Katie will come and stand next to me at twelve ten and go, uh, Dad, are we ready to go yet? Because after five hours of being at church for her, she needs to go have some quiet time and just be in a room and be alone. And I know, but you know what I love? I love that Katie, after is every week, still values the hour after service because she knows how important it is and how vital it is to people and even for her own life. That's number two. Number three, find your tribe. Like a group or a team, just find your tribe. It's great to sit in rows. It's even better to gather in circles. We can't be the best friend of anybody, but everybody, but we can be connected to a few people. And uh, just encourage you around that. Just find people that you really get on in the background uh, around you. You know, in the room here today is uh, one of our young guys on work experience. He's a funny human. He's a really funny young guy, and uh, he's a good guy to have in your world and in your small group. I know my kids love him. He just makes everybody laugh, and he's lots of fun. Just find your group. Find your people, whether that's on a team or connected in a group. Number four, random acts of family. Have you noticed, like, it doesn't always need to be organized. Organized starts a thing, but the organic acts of family just Determined to go, hey, I'm going to do random acts of family. Uh, what kind of good things do you do in your family? You can start there. Just sharing and providing and, you know, encouraging and surprising, uh, sending a text, making a call, blessing in some small way, dropping off a meal, you know, all those kinds of things that, that good family do. And so just look around you today where you are right now. And I'm sure that around you is someone that you could bless with a random act of family. Just think about the kind of things that good family do and let's go and do those. Um, Number five, the fifth way and final way today is make Fifth Sunday Community, just mark it on your calendar. Mark Fifth Sunday Community on your calendar. You'll hear about that in your church. Every month that has a Fifth Sunday, we're doing community together. Mark it on your calendar, block it out. Deep breath, take the next step, and uh, let's be those kind of people. Number one, be a primetime person. Number two, own the hour after the service. Number three, find your tribe, group or a team. Number four, just begin to do random acts of family. And then number five, mark Fifth Sunday community on your calendar. That's a simple plan for time-poor people. What I've said there takes as much as two hours a week and an extra hour or so once a quarter, right? This is so doable, but I'll tell you what it does. It builds a church that acts like family and feels like home. It builds it stronger. It builds it richer. It takes it deeper and it takes it wider. It gives somewhere God can trust to draw people to. It gives a great place for you to grow up in your faith. And it means that we're the kind of church that God can trust with more and more people coming to faith, growing in faith, curious about God. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hey again. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.